Welcome back to the Personal Branding Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Vitoni. This podcast is sponsored by Personal Brand Accelerator, a three-month program to help you build your brand, tell your story, and post with more confidence online. You have something important to say, and more people need to hear it. So if you're ready to speak up and be your real self online, this program is for you. Over the course of 12 weeks, you will learn how to craft your personal brand story, create your visual identity, launch your personal website, and create content with more ease and confidence than ever before. Go to the link in our show notes and join the waitlist so you can be the first one notified when the next round of the program opens for enrollment. Today's guest is a TikTok superstar and my friend, Chase Bird. You might know her for her gym vlogs, piss pant reviews, and barefoot running, but today she is giving us something entirely new, insights into how she gained 1.3 million followers on TikTok and her strategy for staying consistent with her posts. In the episode, we talk about how to push past the awkward phase of posting, crying on camera, and how to diversify your content while staying true to who you are. If you want to create high quality content, build your personal brand, this episode will be highly informative for you and will most certainly get you started on the right track. I hope you enjoy. Let's dive in. So I I have this, um, the burning question, I think that everyone will want to know, which is how did you get into TikTok and how did you kind of start your career in Dallas? Dude, it is, I don't even, it's. It's crazy. So in eighth grade, I I had Pinterest, all right, as most eighth graders do and most people, of, just most people do. And uh, I just started creating boards just for fun. And there was one specific board that was just called Style. And then I had another one called uh, like Gym Fashion. I don't remember the exact name, but for whatever reason, they kind of blew up. And I had like 10,000 followers over the course of like a month and a half. I don't know what happened, but I was in eighth grade. And I was like, oh my God, this is really fun. And I love this. And then whenever I got to college, I was pulled out of the public school system to be homeschooled. And at that point, I was just trying to graduate early. So I was like, no, I have to put the social media thing on the back burner. So I deleted all my social media with like, just whatever the, I don't know what word I'm looking for, but didn't have any social media. Um, and I was just focusing on school so I could graduate my junior year if that makes sense um and so whenever I graduated I went off to college and then I was like okay it's time to download social media again but I didn't have the intention of doing what I'm doing now I just wanted it so I could connect with my friends who were in high school because we were all going to different areas we were all moving to different states so I um downloaded TikTok and I was like okay I'm gonna record my workouts because I go to the gym like this is something I enjoy doing and for whatever reason, they also started to take off and like do really well. So I'm like, oh my God, this is still so fun. I love it. And I was majoring in marketing and I wanted to go to social media management for literally Perfect. any company that would hire me whenever I graduated. And uh, yeah, I was just like, all right, this is great. Um, but yeah, it really just happened just because I was just posting what I was already doing and I was just talking about how I view the gym. And I guess people just really enjoyed seeing a different perspective of the gym and it resonated with them. So it really just happened out of nowhere. And again, I wasn't looking for it. Yeah. And I think that is so special because you really do have a knack for it. 
you know, I think for some people, it's a skill that you really have to develop over time. And then with others, I do think it is something that just comes really easily and you fall into it. And I remember when I first stumbled upon your page and found some of your videos, I was just blown away. I was like, this is so fresh and unique. And I hadn't seen anyone posting gym vlogs quite how you were. It was just way more honest and way more just like fun. And I love the pace of your videos. It's super upbeat, super fast. And I think that's part of it too. You talk really fast. So I was able to stay engaged the whole time. And then- I'm too fast right now. I don't need to slow it down because it's just how I talk. That's it. Wait, wait. No, I love it. It's perfect. And so I think that just the cadence of your videos, but also the content, what you're saying is just, it was something that I hadn't ever really seen. And so it pulled me in immediately. And I don't even remember exactly how we started talking or got connected. One of your videos came on my For You page. It was just the most beautiful video I'd ever seen. I can't remember which one it was. You were telling a really wonderful story. The thing was about how you moved to Boston, just that whole journey. And I was like, first of all, the vibes there, fantastic. Her storytelling abilities, oh my God, I'm taking notes. The Just the everything that you were capturing in a video, I was like, that is what I want, except I'm not that aesthetic. So I will never be able to achieve that. So I was like, this is who in spirit I am. So I think that I saw your video and I saw you were following me and I was like, shut up. I followed you back. And I think I sent you with them. I love that so much. And you know, you had actually considered Boston, right? To live. I I did because there's just something about the idea. I love the history. I love the architecture. I love just, I love how old it is. Okay. I love how old it is. Me too. And the people there, yes, beautiful, beautiful. And just the people there, it seems slow. It just seemed like a slower pace in New York. And so that's why I was like, Ooh, I might like it. But whenever I went and visited, I was like, okay, for me right now at 20 years old, yeah. I don't know if this is where I need to be, especially with um my, just like all of my who I know, all of my uh, internet friends, if you will, mm-hmm. are based out of here. I was like, it makes sense for me to do a year here and then re-figure it out. Yep. Later. yep. So, yeah, yeah. But I definitely, in my life, at some point, want to move there and live there because I loved it so much. Yeah, it is special. I mean, what's great about being in New York is it's a four-hour train ride. It's so easy yeah. to get there. So easy. Yeah. Okay, so I think... You know, something that also has struck me about your videos is you do stay super consistent like you. And I'm curious if you have a schedule that you kind of stick to or if you just totally post on the fly whenever you feel the call. It, it depends. There are some, I, it like ebbs and flows. There are some months where I'm like, all right. I love doing this, but I'm not, I'm just going to post when I want to post because typically that's whenever videos will perform well. I know people will respond to them, but there's also months where I'm like, all right, let me get my stuff together. Let me get it together. Let me just like, you know, post on a bigger schedule. And so it's just, it really ebbs and flows. And so I used to whenever I first started. So I've been doing this for two years now. Mm -hmm. And the first year I posted daily every single day. Yep. It, it didn't matter like what I was posting, whether it was a one minute video or like a seven second little trend, I had to post something, but I quickly burned out by quickly. I mean, after a year. And so, um, this, this past year I was like, okay, let me just, let me just post when I need to post. Let me record whenever I feel like I need to record. And then 
I'll just go from there. And so I have noticed that my page slowed down a lot because of that, but I'm not complaining because I'm in this for the long run. I love doing this. I love talking with my followers and just talking with the community that I've built. So I'm not complaining that my my growth has stopped in a way because it it just feels like a really, really cool tight-knit community that I've been able to create. And so I'm not on a set schedule. I just want to be able to make sure that the people who are following me are getting the content that they want to see. So if I'm posting day in and day out now, it just feels like I'm just getting stuff out to get stuff out and to grow. And like at that point, this is not my goal. I just want to make sure that yeah. we're all the page about just like why we're all here, you know? So yeah. 100%. I kind of went through something similar in the beginning when I was posting on TikTok. It was something that I tried to do every single day. And I was sharing very intimate parts of my life, you know, intentionally. But I eventually did kind of after that year mark burn out and I started feeling resentful. I'm like, I don't want to keep sharing this stuff. Like, I don't want to keep talking about these intimate parts of my life. There's only so much you can share. Like there are things so that I have true. Yeah. And so truly there is not much more I can share unless I, you know, go on a random dude with a date in the street. Yeah. Um, which I just saw that video, by the way. That didn't make any sense what I just said. Date with the dude on the street. You understand what I'm saying? Totally. Any, anyways. Yeah. So it's like that kind of stuff I don't mind sharing, but there are also stuff like truly, I really don't want to bring forth just yet because I'm currently dealing with that. I'm currently struggling with things. Yep. And I don't want to offload that because y'all are not my therapist. I'm not here to make you feel bad. Like I've got to bring that to other people in your life. And then once I've I've resolved those issues, then I'll bring it to light. But it's like in the moment, dude, y'all, you're getting that you're getting a workout video and that is it. That is Mm -hmm. such a good point. It kind of took me a little while to learn that. I, I think I went through a phase where I felt like, okay, if I was going through this right now, what would it look like if I just shared it and talked about it really openly? And it eventually started to feel like kind of a, a boundary was being crossed for myself within me. Yes. And yes. now I've kind of diverted back, or I shouldn't say diverted. I think I've tr- started doing something different, which is exactly what you just said, which is I'm processing things personally, privately. And then after I have some more hindsight, then I will share what it is. In the moment, like there was one video I posted a little over a year ago, just like opening, like this was the first video I had openly talked about trigger warning, my eating disorder. And I was still like actively struggling with it. And I didn't really process what I was saying because I was so just like frustrated with myself and what I was doing. So I was crying on camera. I was like, guys, I'm dealing with this right now and I don't know what to do. And I'm like, I really wish I hadn't posted that video until after, until after I had dealt with truly what I was doing. One, so I could really collectively think about what I was saying. And two, so I could just make sure that people understand like that. I don't even know, but it was just something that I wish I had sat and thought about and really processed before putting it out there while actively struggling with it. So I could give myself some wisdom and some, some advice to people who were struggling, you know? So it's like, or or actively struggling. So it's like, and it's like when we're going through the thing, not only is it hard to go through the thing, but then when you post about it or when I post about it, it's like, it adds to some of the emotional turmoil 
because then you're now filtering through comments and not every comment is going to be something that's going to be helpful during that period. Right. So it's, yeah. And I love what you said about like how you're in it for the long haul. And I feel the same way, you know, it's work that I really love doing and I love creating. And so to be able to stick with it for the long term, it's like we, I think, have to develop strategies to be able to protect ourselves as we continue sharing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I hear you on that. I mean, I'm also curious, like what your favorite video is to share. What's your like favorite thing to post or the video that you're most proud of? Okay. So my favorite thing to post in the video that I'm most proud of. So first of all, video I'm most proud of. Oh, there was one um, that I posted back in April, actually. I don't know what it was. So there are these... Uh, in the in the gym, you have like cable machines. I don't know how to describe it, but I basically it was just a very satirical video, and so many people thought I was being so serious, and I just thought it was so funny by the amount of people who saw it that the workout that I was doing was like legit. People were like, "Oh, I'm saving this! I can't wait to do this in the gym." I'm like, "Guys, no, we don't do this. It's not a good idea. This is just supposed to be funny." I remember that. It racked up like. I don't even want to, I, like, 7 million views or something, like, something insane. And so I just thought, this is funny. I'm going to do this for forever now. But um, most people did understand it was a joke, but also it was 50-50. Yeah. Uh, so that was, for whatever reason, it's probably one of my most favorite videos. But, like, the videos I genuinely, like, love posting consistently are, um, would just be either, like, running vlogs, because those are fun to record. Like, I get to show people, not my running route, because I change it every day. One, because I'm scared people do follow me. Yep. Not that not that they do, but I'm scared people will catch on and follow me. Um, And then two, just, like, like this one's not gym-related, but doing get ready with me is, like, with outfits. Not, like, makeup, but, like, putting on different outfits and telling stories behind me just getting dressed. And... Because I think it's just outside of the fitness realm and that's what I typically do. And so being able to do something that's not what I'm doing day to day out, that was really fun for me to record and edit and go over. So love me those. Do you ever feel like you have to post something in a specific category? Do you do you feel like ever that you have to post gym vlogs or something related to the gym? Or do you feel like you can kind of post whatever you want? Um, for the first year for, yes, absolutely. I was so scared to post anything outside of the gym because that's, that's what I got started in. Like, that's what people knew. Like, piss pant reviews, like doing my sweat <laughs> tests. Like, that's what people saw me. So anytime I would post a video outside of like workout clothes, people would be like, I didn't even recognize you because I've never seen you outside of like leggings and a sports bra. And I'm like, oh, interesting. And so... About a year ago, I was on a call with my manager and she was like, hey, I would love to see you start diversifying your content. You know, I want I want to make sure that people know who you are as a person. And I'm like, you're so right. And so um, after that point, I was like, okay, let me start maybe doing like little daily vlogs, start there and then maybe, you know, different like outfit try on hauls and maybe cooking videos. So after that point, I did start to diversify and now I'm comfortable posting whatever. So like uh, two days ago, I did post a video just about me going on that random little date. And um, it's not all fitness content now, which I am thankful for because people now are able to see what I do outside of the gym. And then I do exist outside of the gym. Um, so yeah, I at first I did. And now I no longer feel pressured to. Yeah. Because I was going to say, whenever I see a video of yours, no matter what 
type of content it is. I always feel like it makes sense and it fits on your page really seamlessly. And I ask because I have a lot of students in my course, Personal Brand Accelerator, that are trying to diversify their content, or maybe they've been posting in a specific niche or subcategory, and it feels awkward to be able to post something different or outside of that category. So what would you say for you worked in terms of transitioning? You said you started with daily vlogs, but any like mindset hacks or things that helped you? I think just like knowing that if I, so like my niche is fitness, right? Knowing all my videos, we're going to go to other people. So the TikTok algorithm just like knows yep. you. It's very, it's just scary. Um, so I knew that all my videos were going to get pushed to people who love going to the gym, who love working out or who want to start doing that kind of stuff. So knowing that if I were to change up my content a little bit, you know, into a little more lifestyle stuff, it was going to get pushed to people who want to see that. So I knew at the end of the day, the algorithm was going to work in my favor because I wasn't changing my style of video. I was just changing my uh, secret. See, that's it. Yeah. So it's like, you still have to do what you normally do. You're just changing your scenery and maybe a little bit of the storytelling or whatever, and you should be okay. It's just going to get pushed to a new group of people. And those new group of people are going to be able to find you. They're going to go to your profile and they're going to be like, oh, this person does this. That's fun. Oh, they also do this. That's fun. And so you're able to diversify your audience while diversifying your content and like bringing in people from different realms, if you want to say, that's going to bring you it's going to bring them back to that like core thing that you really want people to see. So that's how, that's I, how I did it. I really like that actually. So for you, you're saying that it's not necessarily changing the style of how you make the video. So we talked about you know, your cadence, like how you, how you talk in your videos is kind of consistent throughout every type of video that you share. But the actual content and what you're talking about is what gets to diversify a little bit. Yeah. So I think just it comes back to staying true to who you are at the end of the day. So it's like if I'm talking about the gym in an unserious matter and then I switch it just to me getting dressed in a normal outfit in a very serious manner, people are going to be like, (laughs) what is this? I don't like this. So you have have to stay consistent with like just who you are. And at the end of the day, that's really it. It's not, it's not rocket science, but it's also just like very scary to diversify because again, I was in that. But yeah, just stay true to who you are as cliche as that sounds. But it's so true. It's like, it's, it really is everything I always come back to at the end of the day. Okay. So here's something that's been coming up a lot. There is this awkward phase from zero followers to like your first a thousand followers. And in that awkward phase, that's usually when people give up because it's so hard. So what would you say to someone who's in that phase and is like, I just can't get past that threshold? What would you say? Okay, well, so I posted my first viral video in um, when it would have been 2020. Yes, it would have been um, like December, no, Thanksgiving of 2020. And the video racked up like 5 million views. It was crazy. And I was like, this is so fun. And then I posted one after it immediately flopped. And from that first video, I got like 3,000 followers. I was like, I don't understand this, but all right. And then I posted the video and it maybe got like 1,000 views and like 50 likes. It was super just to see the the drop off. I was like, oh, 
this isn't for me. I don't like this. But like seeing that and then just like literally immediately giving up there because I didn't like seeing that random video drop off. Um, I would see that follower, the follower rate decline and decline and decline. And I was like, oh, uh, and I was just so scared. She posted another video because I was like, it's not going to perform well. And then at that point, I was like, why do I give a crap if it's not going to perform well? That was one video. The algorithm's weird. It's very unpredictable. And so I just started posting again. And I, it, it's very frustrating. But again, over time, and by over time, I mean like six months later, I started posting again. And that's whenever I was in college doing the fitness stuff. I um, I literally just entirely forgot your question. I'm not even kidding. I think I'm just like rambling and rambling. No, you were totally on track. How do you stay with it even if you're not seeing results? There we go. So it was just, it was just, I was posting for me at this point. I was yeah. just like, okay, I'm in the gym. I want to see what I look like in 50 years doing this random squat with terrible form and five minutes on the Stairmaster profusely sweating. Like I'm going to laugh at that whenever I'm like 50 and I'm seeing this video. And so I just, as frustrating as it was, like I just, I just kept posting. And again, they, they picked up again. And now I think it really is just about being consistent and like, it, it really is very frustrating and annoying. But like at that point, if you don't think you're growing, start posting for yourself. Do it yep. for you. Think in in the future, like, oh my God, I did this on this day. And you can go back and watch that video. So I think if you really are, if your videos are just very stagnant, then just do it for you. Yeah. Just do it. I think then- it does help when you spend time on something that you're really proud of. And maybe it doesn't do as well as you'd hoped. I mean, you can still go to bed at the end of the night and be like, dang, I really like that video. It was really good. I posted a video that I was, I loved. I was like, oh, this little voiceover, these headphones, I was, it was like a headphone review and it didn't perform well. And I was like, you know what? Whatever. There are, there are limited people who saw that, but the limited people who saw that, I'm sure they enjoyed it. And then, you know what? I'm going to carry on with my day because that's how it goes. Like, it's not always going to just go up. Like, you have to come down. You have to experience those lows to really enjoy the highs. So true. Yeah. And if everything were always taking off and always going viral, it's like eventually there is some boredom, I think, that comes with that. It's like part of what makes it kind of addicting and fun is the ebb and flow and is tweaking the strategy and figuring out what works and what doesn't. I think it's it's kind of like a game sometimes. And it can be if you gamify it, I think it can be really fun. Yeah, absolutely. That's how it, yeah. I think it definitely is a game 1000%. It's just so interesting how it all works. I'm curious how you got your manager or like what that process was like from just posting for yourself. And then did they reach out to you? Did you reach out to them? So they reached out to me, but um, they reached out to me in March of last year. So was that 22? Mm-hmm. Yeah, March of 2022. And uh, um, at that point, whenever they reached out, I was already like actively emailing other management and like trying to figure because I didn't know what it looked like. I was still very new to the industry. There's not a lot of talk around any of this. So it's not like I could just Google, I'm an influencer. How do I get a manager? Like I so didn't know true. what to do. So yeah, it, there's no, there's no talk about any of it. So I was just like going through Instagram, searching up random like management. All of them definitely were like a scam, but I didn't know. So I was just like emailing them and suddenly I 
got an email from my current manager, a DM from my current manager. She was like, hey, uh, saw your content. Um, would love to hop on a call and like see if you're interested in representation. And so I went to her profile, saw that she was with, saw what company she was with. I was like, oh, this is legit. This is this is what I need to be looking yes. for. And so um, we hopped on a call. So she reached out to me and it went really, really well. And I've been with her ever since. And I love her. She's so amazing. That's so, yeah. so important to find someone who's really going to be a good fit for you. So I, I interviewed with one um, other one and I just didn't jive with them. Like I, there, you have to be able to jive with who you're working with. Because this is a partnership. It's not like she's just like, like we are in this together. We are technically a team. And uh, there was one person that I interviewed with and I just did not like them. Like they, they just felt very money hungry and angry. And I was like, listen, listen, I don't, that's too much for me. That's too much for me. I get it. You gotta pay, you gotta pay your bills, but come on, reel it in. Let's be a little nicer. And so whenever she was like, oh, angel, 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 angel. So yeah, it you have to find someone that you literally can click with and jive with. Otherwise, it's going to be a short show. Yeah. And do they help you vet opportunities and help you find the right brand partnerships? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's ultimately what she does. So she'll do all of the communicating. She'll do all of the uh, pitching and all of just like the vetting for me. And she she knows what brands I will work with and what brands I will not work with. So there's not a whole bunch of like, oh, hey, what are your thoughts on this? Because she, she just knows me. And so, um, yeah, she, she'll she do all of the communicating and then she'll just come to me and she's like, hey, what are your thoughts on this partnership with this brand at this rate at, um, for this type of video? And that's really it. And then I go and create the video, send it to her. She does everything from that point forth. And then I shall include post. Nice. So, it's it really is it, it's been an amazing amazing experience what is the biggest brand partnership you've ever had okay the, there are two so my first one this is whenever i realized i needed a manager i did a uh, shoot with adidas and this was back in april and i was negotiating terms on my own and i uh, i lowballed myself so much because i did not know what I should be charging. I didn't understand anything. Again, there is no talk around now this. And I got that low bulb so hard. And I was like, you know what? All right, this is fine. I'm working with Adidas. <laughs> I could do this for free at the end of the day. Can I ask, do you mind me asking what the number was? It was, so for six social media, I don't know if I'm still under an NDA. No, it's been a year. I think I'm okay. You don't have to. You don't have to. Yeah. Say, I definitely would, but I'm scared I'm under an NDA. So totally I fine. think it's under like 24 months. So I would, but not for this one because it's I don't think totally it's. Um, but yeah, no, low ball, like low roll. Like if it, I'm going to give you a little, uh, I'll give, you can imagine. So whenever I first started, I did like, I worked with small little Amazon stores and I had maybe 250,000 followers at this point. I was charging $80 a post. $80 a post. Wow. Yeah, that is low. It's very low. That is very low for 250,000 and a really high engagement rate. Like my hand for $100,080 a post. Wow. And like, don't get me wrong. I was an 18 year old college student. Right. Oh, grocery. I'm so excited to be here. I love, I love. So I wasn't complaining and I just got to review like workout clothes. So to me, I was like, this is a steal. Free clothes and $80. (laughs) 
So, so it was, if that, if yeah, that helps. Just, low-balling myself so truly i would have done it for free if they even were like hey we'll pay for your flight yeah because i couldn't afford a flight at that point but um yeah it, it yeah that's that and so it ended up being that's when you got your manager to help that was what we were talking about i forgot oh yeah so whenever i low-balled my own self but also they weren't being yeah the best i um it was like, yep, I got to find management. I can't do this anymore. But working with them was a really cool experience because I got to meet a ton of other people. Like this was my first time meeting other influencers and content creators in the fitness space. And it was really cool being able to talk to them. And I'm still mutuals to this day. And one of the guys that I that we met on set, I'm actually getting coffee with him next week because he lives in New York. But the shoot was in New York and it was it was just a really fun experience. And yeah. so, yeah, did they look well, they did, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed what I did. I mean, that is a cool experience to have under your belt. Absolutely. So, yeah, that was one of my favorite, like, partnerships. And I've also been able to work with Lululemon. Mm-hmm. They're so fun. They give me so much creative freedom. And so being able to, like, yeah, they're sponsored posts, but still being able to you know, make it my own thing instead of having like set guidelines for what a specific brand is wanting. It was a really, really cool experience. Also, Wilkes running shoes. That was not the one. So I people at the end of the day. Yeah. That's what I do. I'm like, I'm really proud of them and very happy to be partners with them. And Beats, there we go. They're just all coming to my head. Have you ever had to turn down a big opportunity because it didn't fit with your brand? Yeah, I have. Um, a lot. There's a lot of like random, like my, not my fitness pal, but there's a lot of random dieting apps that will come to me and they'll throw big numbers. And I'm like, guys, listen, I do not promote this stuff on my page. I cannot do that. And so stuff like that, I absolutely have had to turn down. And then just like with timing as well, like I truly only have so many hours in the day and there's only so many ads that I want to post in a so month. True. So it's like, I don't want my page to turn into a walking billboard. So it's like, I do have to turn on opportunities because I don't want people to think I sold out in a way and I'm only doing this for for the sponsored content now. It's like, I want people to see my organic, normal stuff Yeah, with occasional ad thrown in there. That's still what my... Girl's got to eat. I got to eat. I got bills to pay. Yeah. She's a New York City gal now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I've had to with just like, you know, ethical reasons and also timing. And yeah, it it definitely has happened and it will continue to happen. But also that's what my manager is there for. She knows who I will work with and who I won't work with. So it's like, she's not pitching me anything that I know I'm not going to totally jive with. So yeah. One thing you've mentioned in your posts is making friends as an adult. And how that's been challenging. I can also relate moving to a new city when I didn't really know anyone. It was super difficult to feel like I had a a community that I could really count on. And I'm curious what your, yeah, what your story or experience has been with making friends as an adult and now moving into a a new place and a new city. And how has it all been going for you? With meeting in Dallas, I don't, I don't know what the difference is. I don't know what it was, but I just feel like I didn't fit in with the demographic of people over totally. there. Uh, I don't know if that is a thing or if I just have a weird little victim complex. No, I kind of felt that way in California, for sure. It was like a cultural, it just didn't fit. 
Yeah, yeah. And it's just like the people there were kind, but I just like, I didn't see myself befriending them long term. You know, I made a small group of people that I met a small group of people that I was friends with and we just stayed friends. Like that was that. We really didn't venture outside because we just, none of us really clicked with it. We were all just, we just didn't feel like we fit in at the end of the day. So whenever I moved here, I was like, all right, how do I do this? What do I do? And I wasn't actively searching for friends. Like it just happened. Like, you know, you walk out on the street, people will compliment your shoes. People will compliment your hair. People are just so kind here and you get, I don't know how else to describe it. Like in Dallas, people just felt rude into themselves. But over here, maybe it's because of the neighborhood I'm in, everyone's young and fun. Um, but people are just like constantly saying stuff. I have had so many fun exchanges just in the streets and not like in a weird way, just like of people complimenting and then it sparks conversation. And then you're like, oh, let's grab Instagrams. Oh, we're friends now. And so it just feels a lot more natural over here. So I really do think it was like the demographic of people in Dallas that made it really hard for me. But also I was definitely in a really weird depressive state over there because I just, I wasn't content with where I was in life. Um, and just like moving over here and being able to not start fresh, but being able to start fresh in the sense, just like really opened up a lot of doors and made me feel comfortable. Like I didn't feel fresh to do anything. And so I just feel like the moment that you like let yourself live that's whenever things start happening organically and so in Dallas I wasn't letting myself do that I was on a strict schedule I was just sleeping eating going to the gym literally filming and editing videos and going to sleep like I wasn't seeing anyone it it was just rough but now over here yes it's only been a month it's still a little fresh and on there but it just feels it feels like it makes sense for me so I just think the demographic of people made it really hard in Dallas but well, let's give it a few more months over here. Then we'll check what... back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it's interesting because environment does have a big role to play. Like where yeah. we live. And I, I felt very similar when I was in the Bay Area. I mean, I had my community there and that's where I grew up. And so it was it, nice to have that support system. But in terms of environment, I still just felt like something was off and it didn't click. And I couldn't yeah. shake that feeling. And ultimately, it's what drove me to Boston. So mm-hmm. I totally relate to that. And I'm, I'm very, I feel very confident for you that you are exactly where you need to be and oh, make some I'm really great leave. friends. Can't leave. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to be there for at least a year. Yeah. Yeah. That's and then see where we go after. If I want to stay, if I want to move around. Yeah. But yeah. No, it was just, it's not that I didn't feel like I didn't. It in it was exactly what you just said there was just something that didn't quite yep. click like I don't hate Dallas I don't yep despise it but it's just I don't there are other things that know that and I need to experience them to figure out what was off over there yeah it's that's why we're here and I would also like to know what you do when you're not working and what you do when you're not creating content Oh, the gym, that one doesn't count. I love going for walks and just exploring and like dilly-dallying around. Dilly-dallying. And going in and out of stores. I hate spending money. It literally gives me so much anxiety, okay? But I love a good window shop. So I will will go in and out of stores. I will like pick up clothes, try them on. Like, oh, this could be cute to wear like this. Or this is fun. 
And then I never buy it. And then I go to the next store, do the exact same thing. And then sitting at coffee shops, people watching, going to restaurants, calling, this is my favorite thing to do. Calling your restaurant and say, hi, can I make a reservation for one, please? There's just something about that. I love that feeling. I do that too. And then just sitting in a restaurant, eating by myself and just people watching, listening and hearing conversation around me. That is probably one of my favorite things to do and what I typically do do outside of this. I mean, do lay on my couch a lot. I do watch a lot of Netflix, but other than that, those are like... It seems like you're content being alone, like you can be alone and you're okay with it. Yeah, but it's like, it's to an extreme and that's what I'm trying to work on. It's like, yeah. well, like relying on other people because I don't want to inconvenience other people. So it's like... So if I'm like, I'm going to figure it out. You've got your own stuff to deal with. So I'm not going to push it on you. But like, I know that that's very unhealthy. And I like, we are human beings. We are social creatures. We have to be around people. And so I, I know that that is a very not good attribute of mine. So I've been slowly trying to work on it. Um, and I think it's doing something because I have been able to maintain friendships and I'm somewhat comfortable, you know, speaking out on my issues to them. and. Yeah. getting it but um yeah yeah but I love being I, I'm, I'm the same way I truly love being alone in you now what is it like moving in with uh your partner. boyfriend yeah Part- boyfriend partner whatever I don't know I don't know what's the right word um it's been great honestly yeah, yeah I mean he's become my best friend one of my best friends for sure I was actually on TikTok live this morning and I was just saying that he is very organized and orderly and on time and has his shit together and very responsible. We love that. But I am much more scatterbrained and kind of, you know, just kind of move at my own pace. And so I think when we first moved in together, it was just more apparent than ever how different we were. And not in a bad way, it was just like, oh, wow, we really do life totally differently. And so I think, you know, of course, you go through like a transition period. And um, he, what I will say is he really allows me just to be myself. And even though he kind of does his, he has a way he likes to do things. He is very, there's this quality of allowing that he just doesn't try to make me different, doesn't try to like fix me, doesn't try to, you know, steer me in one direction or another. He really allows me to be my own person. And that has been very healing, you know, to be with someone who just lets me be me. Cause that, you know, being with someone who would be controlling or would (laughs) try to tell me what to do all the time would not be good. So yeah, it's been, it's been very good and very healing. Oh, that's so cute. I'm jealous. How's your dating life going? I saw that you met someone on the street who asked for your number. Uh, um, yeah, it was really weird. Okay, listen, listen, I'm a newbie. I'm a transplant. I'm a New York City transplant. I don't understand, you know, when to say no. I mean, I know when to say no, but this guy felt normal. Yeah. Was, I was walking up from Target and uh, I had my groceries on my bag, on my back, on my shoulder. And this dude stopped me and he was like, hey, I'm so sorry. It's flirting hour. And then I was like, no, it's not. It's, I am sweat. No, I'm sorry. Here, go elsewhere. Here, a thousand other women, literally in this one block radius, go find someone else. 
And he was like, I didn't say that, but I was thinking that. Um, and he was like, I'm so sorry. Like, we're going to dance now. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? I'm confused. And at that point, he was like cracking jokes. Like we were talking. It wasn't like super weird. And then we were probably on the street for like 15 minutes talking. And by dance, I mean, it was like, he literally took my hand, spun me around. It wasn't anything super, like we weren't actually waltzing and doing a full number on, um, but yeah, we talked a little bit, exchanged numbers, and then we ended up going on a date. He just talked about himself the whole time. I probably said 10 words. Oh, God. God. Yeah, so it's like, I know so much about him. What does he know about me? Nothing. I can't Nothing. tell you how many dates I went on that were like that. And it's just so infuriating. I mean, it's like just sitting there and feeling like it's so one-sided and just like your sole responsibility is to listen and nod. And that's kind of like a big exertion of energy too. Because I'm like, yeah, I really love the fact that you're paying for my, like my sushi, but like, can I, I don't want to make this about me, but can I now make it about me? Yeah. Like, it, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. But it was just, we just didn't jive mainly because of that. Like, I know your mother's name. I don't know your last name, by the way. I know your mom's name and her birthday and all of your struggles, but yeah. <laughs> Here we are in this random dimly lit restaurant. <laughs> so funny. So yeah. do you use any of that dating apps? I've tried, but like I get so weird about it because yeah. I'm like, hinge. I only, I tried Bumble ones. I don't like having to match with someone or like, I just, that one's too much. Hinge I like, but um, like knowing that I'm like liking other people and I know that they're not necessarily liking me back. So it's, if that makes sense, I don't know if, you yeah, use, yeah. if they're liking me back. So I know that we're not going to match. There's just something about it that I'm like, mm. I kind of heard it a little yeah. So I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that because the way that things have been going now, I have been, I have met so many people. So it's like, I know, I think I think yeah. I'll be able to organically. I think I'll be able to. 100%. Because it's like, that's at the end of the day what I want. And I know that we are in a, age of technology and you know i need to be using this to my advantage but right now i do want to try to meet someone organically but also i think i need to focus on building friendships first and then maybe considering a romantic life do you ever worry that it will be hard to integrate this new person when you meet them into your content and into your work life because there is kind of overlap right there is yeah um I don't know. I think people would be really excited about it, considering how much I have talked about, like, just... Oh, I think people would love it. Yes, yeah, so I think that they would eat it up. But, like, also, I... I don't know. I really haven't thought that far, but I, I don't think that it would translate weird. I think people really be like, wow, proud of you. You've grown so much, you know, considering a year ago I was posting videos about how I literally don't leave my apartment and how I don't see anyone and I go months on end without speaking to another human being and knowing that I now have a boyfriend. Crazy. Whereas world. Yeah. So I think that it would be a really cool thing. Not that I would like milk that person for content. I just think that it would, yeah. would be very just interesting to see that growth and like that it is possible. Like you too, as you're struggling with self-isolation, like listen, it's going to be uncomfortable at first, but you're going to get yourself out of that little rut and you're going to get some friends, you're going to get a little boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever. And yeah, it should be great, hopefully. I love that. I think it's so true. I think people will be excited 
at seeing the new face in your videos. Yeah. So, yeah. So I always ask this question at the end and it's what does having an authentic personal brand mean to you? I think it really, it's as simple as it sounds. You just have to stay true to who you are. So it's, it's just making sure that while I am growing as a content creator, I'm not letting those numbers get to my head. I'm not letting those analytics get to my head. I'm not letting random periods of just like a slower month or lower video views get to my head. It is just still staying consistent in what I post and who I am because at the end of the day, there are a group of people back there who do love what I post and they do look to it. And so it's like knowing that even if, you know, not all of my followers are going to see this video, a certain group of people will see it. And that certain group of people who see it, maybe they're the ones who need to see it as opposed to all of these other people. So it's just, it's just staying consistent, not letting this growth get to my head that's how i've been able to stay authentic to to my brand i love that answer and i will always be one of those people in your corner i love everything you share and thank you for being you thank you for being authentic thank you no but it's been really cool though i love you too thanks